you know these roses are so beautiful but did you know they have thorns on them would you believe that and uh, I know something else about roses you know it too as beautiful as they are you really don't get the fragrance and that's how we are as Christians until we crushed until we face difficulty we will not have the aroma that God intends us to have so many times the beauty of our life has thorns I want to talk to you about difficulty today in view of holiness seems kind of like a paradox in a way but God has always arranged our lives so that we have to be in sort of a strain all the time life with God is not floating down the lazy river at the water park life with God is climbing higher and higher pressing toward the mark of the Lord Jesus God calls us to do things we simply cannot do <laughs> it's amazing he tells a man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. He tells a man that hasn't been able to walk since he was born hardly, to take up your bed and follow me. Jesus, God's only begotten Son, came to this earth through the Virgin Mary, the incarnate God. The disciples thought he had a glorious kingdom that he was going to set up for them. And they would have it made in the shade. But Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus has told us as believers in him because of what he's done to us by his amazing grace. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. We sang amazing grace. We sang it because it's probably the greatest hymn that's ever been written. But it was written in the context of difficulty by John Newton, who struggled with a life of sin, but had come to appreciate God's blessings of forgiveness and grace so much, he never got over it. He wrote that wonderful hymn. That hymn was requested, too, by a family, Sister Ruth Bragg and her family today, in memory of Brother Jack. So were these flowers placed. 
we were doing Wednesday night Bible study here in the church. Just a few days after Brother Jack went home to be with the Lord, we had our next Wednesday night service in which he and Sister Ruth had been so faithful. I never will forget that evening, Sister Ruth, I told you that I look up and here comes Sister Ruth. Sat down in the chair, beside the chair that was now empty. We all wondered, some of you were there, I know. And she said something like, I just had to come. Ignoring the difficulty, so to speak. When you see people do things that's hard to do, and they do it because they love the Lord, it's a great witness. And that's why you and I are called to be salt and light in this poor, dark, and sinful world. And you know what? God has given us the ability to do that because you possess the Holy Spirit as believers. May the Lord bless us this evening, or this morning, and this evening, but this morning I want to talk about difficult holiness. We've been embracing a theme of holiness, the holy highway, and we're using some verses or the springboard part of Scripture, so to speak, from Isaiah chapter 35, and I'm going to ask you to turn there. I want to cite two verses before we go further into the Word of God in the New Testament. But here in this chapter 35 of Isaiah, which depicts, I believe, symbolically the return of Israel in the millennium, yet it was the third trek that Israel had made, or that will be. They had a, a road from Egypt's bondage that God provided the way. God provides us a way out of our difficulties. And it's a way of holiness. It's God's way. And then, secondly, from Babylon. They were also in captivity to Babylonian government. And God got them out of it. And they still ignored him. And so God has blinded them. I'm talking about the nation Israel. But I think there's a deeper meaning also for believers that we can rejoice in the midst of difficulty knowing that God has provided a way. And he says in verse 8, And a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. Now God is very plain on which way it is. It's the way of holiness. So if we're going to get anywhere that we need to go, we're going to have to go God's way, and we see really clear that God's way is holiness. That's because God is holy, and he's called you and me to be holy. Now we can't shrug that off, and we can't say, well, are, are we got to work to be holy? Hey, our, our works are like filthy rags. God says that. 
Anybody that thinks they, they can work themselves up to be a Christian and get good enough to be God is, a, is just a fool. That's all it is. But there is a way. And I believe that we're seeking that way. And I believe that America today needs to see the great need of, of holiness. And stop trying to figure out and trying to outsmart everybody else. And it's going to be a holy way. And it's not going to be about denominations. About any self-help. Because I want you to know this, that what you are on your knees before God is all that matters. It doesn't matter whether you're a Methodist or a Primitive Baptist or a Baptist or nothing at all. What matters is how you are on your knees before God. It doesn't matter if you go to church every Sunday. It doesn't matter how many Bible conferences you've been to. God says this way. It's the holy way. He says not everybody's going to go it. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. It's a way that God says, just trust me. And you walk with me as a little child. I wanted to cite verse 3 and 4, though, when I talk about the difficulty in this way. Look at those two verses from Isaiah 35. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. I think that implies difficulty. Because we know how weak we are. He says in verse 4, Say to them of a fearful heart. And you know what? Say is proclamation. Faith. Faith is going to get us through the way of difficulty. Believing God, trusting God, clinging to Jesus, calling Satan a liar, and every time he tries to remind you that, that you're in his kingdom or what you did or what you said or what you thought, you tell him that Jesus died for you. And he's made you holy. Say to them that are of a fearful heart. I believe there's as much fear in this country today as there's ever been. People are afraid. Be strong. Fear not. That's what holiness does for you. Because holiness brings a contentment, a conscience that's clear, a presence that is felt of God Almighty, so that even if the way's tough, I don't know what this year may bring, but probably it's not going to be so smooth. But you know, if we, if we make up our minds that I'm going to do it God's way, and just let the chips fall where they are. I'm not going to go any old way. 
I'm going to focus my God. I'm going to say to him and pray to him and, and ask him to teach me and search my heart so that I will know the way. And so holiness brings joy. And joy brings strength. Your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense. He will come. He will save you. Again, he's not talking about eternal life. You've been saved before. Well, I guess in a way it's all involved in eternal life, but, but what he's saying is deliverance. So that's motivation, hopefully. But holiness is difficult. I want to say three things then in a message about difficult holiness. Now, first of all, let's remember what holiness is. Holiness is not a list of do's and don'ts. <laughs> I think we get that mixed up. You know, this is what I do. This is what I'm not supposed to do. This is what you do or don't do. No, no. Holiness is your, all your character, your moral integrity, all intertwined right at the crossroads where your apparent goodness meets the holy call of God to be like Jesus Christ. Holiness is the yearning in your heart, like in Galatians 4.19, where God has said that Christ is formed in you. See, that's why being a Christian is dangerous. Because what's dangerous about it, we live in an unholy world. And when Christ is formed, your life is so that you can't keep Jesus back. You can't be with the world and with God. That's why it's difficult. It's a lot harder to walk on land than it is to walk on water. You hear what I say? The apostle Peter had no problem walking on water because he was going to Jesus. And even though the waves were rising up, it was a holy highway. Because even though we have problems, we have difficulties, we can walk upon that when our eyes are on Jesus. But when Peter, because of our Lord's difficult way, when he was going to the cross, you remember all the disciples ran and fled. And I know I would have too. Doesn't take me near that long, seemingly, to deny my Lord. But Peter was walking on land, but he was following Jesus, the Bible says, a way off. Because it was too difficult to get close to Jesus. Because the world would notice it. And the world did. And Jesus reminded Peter, don't you get so big for your spiritual britches that you can't think you can't fall? Because before the rooster crows, 
twice, you will deny me three times. And Peter said, not me, Lord. So we need to be saying, oh God, don't you think, don't, me, don't let me think that I'm going to walk every day just like you want me to. Don't you think, Lord, let me think that I can be so holy that I don't need you because it won't happen. Only God can do that. And you know, Peter had a hard time walking on land without God. You know, we can't do anything without God. <laughs> We're going to learn that. Holiness is difficult. Difficult is holiness. I want to say three things. One is, holiness is a fight. It's a fight. Secondly, holiness has foes, enemies. And thirdly, holiness requires faith. Okay. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles in the New Testament to 1 Timothy in chapter 6, would you please? Here the apostle is talking to the younger Timothy who has just took on a, a, a shroud, so to speak, of being a preacher and and so what happens when you when you are blessed of God you don't have to be a preacher now now what I want you to know though is anytime you undertake a endeavor to be holy to be like God you're going to be met with some problems you're going to have some difficulties, okay? Because that's how power is made. You hear me? See, resistance forms power. So, so, so that's how you grow in faith. See, your faith is tested. God allows these things to come in our life because God wants to grow us. But everybody is called to be holy. Doesn't matter what your vocation is. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. Doesn't matter what university you graduated from or whether you did or not. Every Christian is called to be holy. And with that call comes a struggle. And here's what I want you to know. Do you, let me ask you this, do you feel a struggle, a battle? Because if you don't, you probably need to get on your knees and ask God to save you by His grace. Because what God does, He puts a fight in us. He puts a struggle in us. 
And either we're going to fight or we're going to hell. God says through Paul, verse 12, 1 Timothy 6, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. So, it's a fight. I think the Bible is really, really clear. We're in the fight of our lives. And I'm talking about spiritual warfare. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, says, says uh, uh, I've I, I disciplined my body. I'm paraphrasing that. I, I, I'm fighting my own self. I, I, I won't, don't want to be a castaway. So you're going to reach down in the fiber of your heart because God has given you the Holy Spirit. And so where it comes, what's difficult is that because God has given us His Spirit, yet on earth we still have the unredeemed Spirit. So you see the power of sin, that it's, it cleans in us, it holds us. So we have this warfare going on. And it's about the heart. It's about desires. The next time you're tempted, you think about what your desire is. And then you know in your mind, because God has given you the mind of Christ, what you ought to do. And when you succumb to the temptations of evil desires, what happens? You feel convicted. See, see, every Christian, we don't win every battle. <laughs> we don't. You lose some battles. But we got to fight. Romans chapter 7 I'm going to read some verses that I bet you can relate to. Paul said in Romans 7, verse 22, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, God writes his law upon your heart. That's the new covenant. Okay? Well, then, what are you talking about all this warfare preacher for? I mean, we've had enough rights, haven't we, preacher? Don't we now need to just ease it up and just everybody get along? I'm going to tell you, the only way everybody's going to get along is to be holy. Okay? Here's what happened in verse 23. But, Paul said, I see another law in my members. What? 
I mean, there's one that loves the Lord. But there's something else in here. There's something else in this old heart. It shows it that I'm deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Then I'm really kind of selfish. I mean, there's enough sin in this little sermon to send me to hell. I mean, deep down, I probably want you to say, that's a good sermon. <laughs> I mean, that guy really preached. That's because that's Randy. <laughs> okay. I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. That's your body. We have sin in us, hear me. But thanks be to God, we do not have any sin on us. Do you know the difference? It's the difference in sanctification and justification. Because when you trusted Jesus, when God put that Holy Spirit in you, He justified you freely by His grace. And that word justification means just as if you never sinned. Not one. Not ever. Past, present, and future, all forgiven. But then comes the war. The pressing on, the highway of holiness. You know, uh, I remember growing up, I had some cousins from town, you know, we lived out in the country. Sometimes they would come to see us. And I don't know, maybe I was eight or ten years old, so we were going to ride somewhere, maybe in the truck or car, and they would always say, as we went out to get in the vehicle, I've got shotguns. I didn't know what that meant. What it meant was they wanted to sit by the window. I looked at that the other day and found out where that comes from. When, when Wells Fargo and the stagecoach was uh, the primary means of transportation, there was a man that sat beside the driver with a shotgun. Why did he do that? Well, because there was enemies out there. And if you're on the highway of holiness, you got to ride shotguns. you got to take God's promises. And when Satan and the world and your flesh kind of rises up, you take aim. And then Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? This is why we don't have any sin on us. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. <laughs> That's who took your sin and mine away. So that our sin is not on us, but it's in us. So that's why we have to fight. But he says in 1 Timothy, doesn't he? It's a good fight. Now most fights are not good fights. But the spiritual fight is a good fight. Because it's for the right cause. Is there not a cause? 
We have promises from God that makes it a good fight. We have the abilities that God gives us as the captain of our salvation to lead us as more than conquerors through him that loved us. But it is a fight. Now you will hear in many devotionals of great Christian scholars maybe close with the phrase, let go and let God. Now that is a misunderstanding of the Bible because we got to continually press on depending on God. It's almost like we have to say everything depends on me yet I depend on God. It's a fight. Holiness is a fight. Holiness has foes. Look at 1 John chapter 2. I'll tell you what the foes are, and you already know this. We deal with them every day. One is the flesh. I mentioned that. That's, that's the part of us that's not redeemed. When God saves us, he doesn't change our personality. What he does is put a struggle in there. So I hope that I've said enough already that you have gathered that if you feel that struggle, I mean almost feel like you've been knocked down and knocked under and pulled down and pulled under, that is a great assurance that you are on the holy highway. You are one of God's people that he's put the fight in you. He does because he gets the glory. Always remember though that holiness is what brings redemption. Rather Holiness is the consequence of redemption. See, God has called us to be a peculiar people, holy people, set apart. But we have a fight and we have foes. And we have the flesh and we have the world and we have the devil. If that wasn't enough. <laughs> Look at verse 15 of 1 John 2. Love not the world neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, I don't think this means that we don't love God's created world, love the good things in this world. I do rather believe it means that we don't love them so much that, that we can't let them go. And we, we, we don't want to, we, we're willing to, to take this highway of holiness and to deal with difficulty. And then we, don't, we don't have to have the world's pattern. We don't have the world to agree with us. And we don't have to say, well, I don't want anybody to say anything about me. 
I don't want to look like, uh, you know, I'm different. I want to be like the world. I don't want nobody to laugh at me. You see, it's easy to be like everybody else. You know, let's go this way. You know, I remember many years ago when I was doing forestry work, I was in a place in Alabama, and I had this client with me that his family were one of the foundational heirs to Coca-Cola, lived in Columbus, Georgia. They had multiplied acres of property over in East Alabama. And I was with him on his property, and my, my aspiration was I'd like to do some business with him, okay? So we go out in his woods, and we walk in on this property, hundreds of acres along the Tallapoosa River. And uh, once it was cotton fields, so they had old home sites, and they had trails, roads at one time you could find through the woods. And I've learned enough in my travels in the woods where difficult terrain is there to stay on the road. Okay. You know, God says in, in Jeremiah 6, he says, Stand ye in the way and ask for the old path, which is the good way. So I remember that day we parked and I, we were walking down this road and had beautiful woodland, you know, just he and I. And we probably walked a mile or so. And I remember when we started back to the truck, I was just going right down the road. And I looked, and he wasn't with me. And I went back to him. He says, wait a minute. He says, I, I was trained, and he went to some famous school that trains engineers. I'm not going to name this school, but that's where he went. And so he said, I was taught that the, the shortest distance between two lines is a straight path. He said, I don't think we need to go down this road. I think we just need to go right straight here. This is where your truck is. I, I said, now, I don't think that's going to be anything we want to do. See, this was this kind of semi-mountainous country we were in. But because he owned so much land and, and had so much, and I wanted to impress him so much, I was fool enough to follow him. We never made it to the truck. I mean, it took us a while. And we were so glad to get back on that path. <laughs> you say, you know, well, you got this job or this business, and your boss says, well, come over with us and party a while, and you can take a drink with us, can't you? Well, you want to make everybody feel good. You want to be sociable. You want to fit in. You know, that might not hurt a lot of people. I mean, it's just like COVID. Sometimes COVID, people just have a sneeze and a sniffle. And sometimes they end up on a ventilator. So sometimes you can take a, take a drink with the world, and it's okay. You can shake it off. But sometimes it will destroy your marriage. It will lead you to cocaine and meth.
So he says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. In verse 16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So this way of holiness is the will of God. I don't have to make that up. I don't have to figure that out. What it means is, I, wanna, I want everybody, everything in my life, you're talking about being holy, I'm talking about everything, every thought you have, every move you make, every decision you make is under the scrutiny of a holy God. Difficult. Because for some reason, we're going to have a little man cave somewhere that God has nothing to do with that. <laughs> and that's flat dangerous. See, this fight is a continual fight. We are blessed to have several Marines in this church. And I've heard them all say, once a Marine, always a Marine. And I say that you're once a warrior in a Christian warfare, you're always a warrior. And God says, and your hardness as good soldiers of the Lord. And so we have foes. We have the world, the flesh, and the devil. When Ananias and Sapphira lied to God and God killed them dead. And so just before that happened, you remember the apostle says, why did you let Satan talk you into this, entice you? Satan can't make you do anything, but he can surely strongly suggest it. You hear me? And he is a roaring lion that's destroyed. That's what he's doing. But because of the fight that we have, and even more so because of the victory that we have in Christ, we will see one day that the devil, Satan, and all his demons are nothing more than agencies that God has used to strengthen us and to show us the glory of the victory in Jesus. Man, that's a blessing. I, I've said this before, and it don't even make half sense probably, but I really believe that the thing that we're going to miss most in heaven is not being able to confess our sins. <laughs> it's not being able to just come before God and say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. See, we won't need to fight in heaven. But isn't it a glorious opportunity for us to say, God, I've failed you so much. But I know, God, that some way I'm going to make it. I know it's because you've made me holy by your amazing grace and that you've given me this fight. Though I'm fought, I'm so far away. Because, see, once you net recognize your sin, you're going to recognize the struggle. See, it's easy to find somebody else's sin. But, but you look in your own. See, that's getting the log out your eye. That's more, more difficult. 
They're trying to pick around a little speck in somebody else's life. God says, be ye holy. Okay. And then faith is how we find that holiness. I don't have time to get into it, but I don't have to go long to tell you. From Hebrews chapter 12, if you read Hebrews 11, that catalog or that place of uh, Hall of Fame, maybe it's called, of the faith, you're going to find people on the holy, holy highway. Difficulties. God says, Noah, build an ark. What? <laughs> Abraham, leave this place and go to somewhere. You don't know where you're going, but I'm going to show you. What? Moses, get out of the palace of Pharaoh because I want you to lead my people through the wilderness. Hebrews chapter 12. For consider him, verse 3, that endures such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. I tell you, we, we won't fight until we really believe something. What I mean, a general belief, that's the foundation of our fight, that we believe in the truths of God. If you think any old way goes, I'm going to tell you, I've said before, liberalism will lead you to atheism. We have to understand and we have to bear down and fight the good fight of faith. And we have to be able to come up to our last days as the Apostle Paul has said, the time of my departure is near, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That's what I want to say. And I believe you do too. It's just like climbing the mountains. Sometimes we go to the mountains, have been, seem like it's been several years. Do you remember going to that waterfall or going to that top of that mountain? And it's difficult. But when you get there and you view the valley and you see the great array of God's colors and glorious, it's kind of like you say, it's a glorious difficulty, isn't it? That's how life is. A glorious difficulty because faith, believing, trusting God. You know, I don't know when I'm going to have to deal with COVID personally. Maybe any time. I would say nobody's immune to it. Okay. But I have come to resolve, and I want you to think about it. If COVID takes me out, or if I get, get in a wreck on the way home and, and somebody kills me graveyard dead, I know in my heart, and I believe this, and I want to tell you this, I want to tell God this, that God will not let me die until my work is ended. He's not going to do that to you either. He's not. Because he's God. Now that takes faith to trust him. May the Lord bless us to do that. Holiness is difficult. It's a fight. We have foes. But God has given us faith. He hasn't given everybody faith. May we cry, Lord, increase our faith. And always remember, 
The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Thank God for his word.